on this episode of Quantum Week, September 11th through 17th, 1983. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leave into a random week of a random year, talk about movies, music, headlines, stories. We are in September of 1983. Uh, yes. With Risky Business and Human Nature by Michael Jackson. That's right. Um, before we talk about that, let's okay. talk about Two Tours. Let's do that. So uh, Two Tours recently sent me some gummies, uh, the Delta 8 yeah. gummies. So I tried them. Uh, you're hearing this on Saturday, so a week ago uh, on Saturday. These things are legit. Yeah, you said, I think that you were, you said, holy shit. Yeah, holy shit. I, it, 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 I was, uh it's crazy it's just it's just uh so what do i mean by that it uh they're like they're really powerful they get the job done so i mentioned um a few months ago i went to boston or went to massachusetts rather uh outside like walpole and i got i went to like a shop and they give you like the third degree and you gotta like it's like, it's like walking to a <laughs> ball to a casino <laughs> it's, yeah it's crazy yeah. yeah you're like yeah right <laughs> i mean they ask for your firstborn son it's yes. it's crazy so like you get card like not it's just a, it's a huge thing and and uh it, it, they were and the ones I got they were fine I got kind of on the lower end um I don't feel like you thought they did very much yeah they they it was just it was just seemed like a big process so yeah so I get these uh and uh these are more powerful than the ones I got in Boston sure. um just by the measure. how many milligrams yeah right yeah um but oh my god so I had I had I had one and I was feeling pretty good. So then I had a second one. What do you just thinking? I, I just want to feel better. I was just, yeah, I was just like, I was, I was like, I'm also like, you know, got to talk about the show. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I ended up like passing out on my couch and then I woke up like, I, you know, around two or whatever. And I woke up, uh, it's six. I went back to, it was strange. You don't pass out on my couch like that. But, um, <laughs> but I was just, it was, it was like really effective. So then last night I, um, I had already watched the movie risky business the night before. Yep. So I'm like, all right, I have like nothing. I need to necessarily do today. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to try one. I felt really good. I, I um, it, it, it wasn't too much, but it definitely made me, it definitely felt like I had taken something. Yep. And then I, I went to bed feeling good. Like it was, it was like, it was a nice, uh, natural, like eased me right into it. Yeah. You want to say high. Cause I just, you know, use these like kind of lame terms, but like whatever that, like that buzz was, it felt, it felt good. And, yeah. and, um, it, it i i can't believe i can't i can't believe how how convenient these were to get sure i mean and uh and how effective they were i i was shocked i i, I mean I, I obviously i know that they do a great job with their two tours i just you just don't yeah i don't, yeah, I don't you know. Never know right and yeah. uh i i can't i i well, particularly when your last experience with gummies was What's that? Kinda, yeah. yeah so you know you probably gave them the benefit of the doubt but you didn't know and then these are it. small like the gummies are small like i yeah. think this matters i'm sure but whatever like they're small like yeah uh, i'm trying to even how big they are but they're they're like they're like that big man i don't know how, how even big you that's it. tiny that's yeah. like that's like a, like a quarter of a of a of a of a penny yeah yeah it's like a quarter of a penny uh and the ones in boston were like really large and obviously the ones in boston i knew had less Sure. Milligrams than the ones I got now. So obviously the, the ones just because the small doesn't mean anything. But it was just kind of funny to have like this little small thing <laughs> packed a punch. Packed a little bit of a punch there. <laughs> uh but yeah, so I mean uh so it is Delta Eight. Um it was my first experience with Delta Eight, which they say uh I guess that helps with 
uh, like some people can, uh, they take Delta nine can have like paranoia, yeah. can have some anxiety. I didn't have those things. I took Delta nine, but some people can, some people do. Uh, I guess Delta eight, if you have those things, try Delta eight, because I guess it is, it kind of takes that, a lot of that away. Yeah. A lot of people have a much better experience with Delta eight. And then the best thing is you can get it to your house. And because if you use quantum, uh, use promo code QW, yeah, it's free shipping. So like yep. you don't have to drive all the way out to Massachusetts. If you're in New Hampshire or whatever, or you don't have to drive anywhere. Even if you're in Massachusetts, it will come to your house. Just delivered right to your door. Uh, so if you use our promo code QW, you get 10% off free shipping. I know that those guys at Tutorials have been working their ass off on this product in they particular. Yep. Um, they put, we've been talking about it with them for a couple months now. They wanted to get it just right. And, uh, I, I, they did. They did. Uh, check it out. I, I can't emphasize enough how good this stuff was. Um, if you're looking for gummies, if that's something you are interested in, um, tutors.com promo code QW, 10% off free shipping. Tangerine Dream. Indeed. I like them. I really like them. Okay. I love the soundtrack. It's really interesting. I, if I were doing uh, movie scores in the 80s, I would want to sound like them. They did a really good job with the Grand Theft Auto 5. Um, they scored that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and it's fantastic. Yep. And it's actually a different sound this. It's less synthy, less 80s. Yep. And it's more um, menacing. Uh, and it, it's, a, it's a really cool sound. They do, they do a good job. This is very eerie and creepy, and I just it think it really fits with the tone of the, of the film. It does. This is a very uh, unusual film. When I say unusual, it's because I'm talking about more of a teen. You think, oh, teen sex comedy, you probably think American Pie. 16 Candles or yeah. from the 80s or like, something. Like, yeah, there's John Hughes, right. uh, if you're talking about the 80s, but even, even beyond that, you know, Porky's or whatever. Sure. Uh, and even with high school movies, there is usually uh, a facade, a glossy fac- veneer. So, like, think about like, um, like First Bueller's Day Off, which actually owes a lot to this movie. Sure. Um, that movie, you always feel kind of safe. Like, you know, like it's not gonna go that dark. There aren't, uh, there aren't repercussions. Right, and you know, even you're watching it, you're like, oh, they're in dangerous situations, or they're in like not dangerous, but like the car gets ruined or things get kind of fucked up in Ferris Bueller's, but it never gets fucked up where like you're genuinely like really afraid of these people. Like no, really afraid. Ferris Bueller's goofing all the time. Yeah. Like some of the camera stuff is a little dark. You know, he, yeah, he is, right. I think he is a little nervous what his father's going to do when he comes home and sees a sure. car all fucked up. But I don't, this movie though has a, a tone of pitch black darkness. Yeah. Very mature. Yep. Uh, you know, an eerie feel where you think at any, quite any moment, this could be a pivot and like things could go so bad. Like people you get murdered. Like, yeah. yeah we like, could have killed him. Yeah. yeah. Like you feel like there's like three steps away from people getting killed. Right. And I didn't remember how dark this movie was. Um, I probably haven't seen it. I don't know. 30 years or something. Uh, and, and it, it was surprising how, yeah. like how dark it was. Like, and I, cause, cause in your head, you sort of picture, maybe you don't, but I do. I sort of picture the stupid dance scene. That, that's actually the worst part of this film. I think, but when he's doing the, yeah. But that's like the light well, that's the most and goofy. Movie, but exactly. Yeah. But it's light and goofy. And you I kind of like that tone uh, pervades how I per- perceived like my memory was of, yeah. of this movie. But it's not that at all. Like, no, that's the not. only really. I mean, there's some comic relief with Booger and uh, some other folks, but but it's not light like that. No, it's not. And it's funny, though, if you look back in it, though, like nothing bad really happens to anyone in this movie. No. Like the pimp is, if anything, the pimp it, uh, played by Joey, Joey Pants, Joey Pantaloni. Uh, who's fantastic in Sopranos yeah. uh, and uh, a number of things. Obviously, you've seen him in Fugitive and anything. He's in the Matrix. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, but he's also in uh, what, Midnight Run, too, right? 
Oh, with is Grodin he? I don't know. Um, yeah, he's good. He's a fantastic character. But uh, he is kind of a. I don't know if I. That's the one character. I'm like, I don't know if I buy that. In that he's, you know, all he does is take the kids' furniture. Like, if mm. you really, unless this was a setup, if you really had this high school kid take all of your prostitutes from you, you would kill him. Probably. Yeah, that's your source of income. Like he, that kid vanishes. Yeah, right. And like they find him in like the, in the lake, the same lake as the car, and that's where you find him. Particularly if he knows that there's no parents around, and the neighbors don't seem to give a fuck. So like, oh, you, you kill that kid. Like, you there's no question. Right. He's dead. Yeah. Um. Uh, so like the fact that he just like kind of like takes goes through the effort of taking all this stuff out. That's like, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um. It seemed like it could be a setup because the whole Vicky thing. Like she really turned on a dime to be a villain yeah. pretty quickly. So that seemed set up. I'm pretty, I mean, and then he asked, I know he asked Rebecca to yeah. at the end of the movie, is it a setup? And she kind of pauses. So like, I kind of think of what, like it had to have been, right? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. I guess the only, it's the only way any of that stuff makes sense. And the rest of this movie actually is quite logic based things. There are consequences. People do things that make sense. Now, obviously Joel, probably Tom Cruise does a lot of stupid shitness, but he's also a high school senior. Yeah, he's a kid and he does and high school is, seniors are stupid. Maybe the first time his parents are away and he's left alone. Yeah. You know, right. Like a lot of the stuff he's doing is dumb, but like, but there are things like I imagine they're out of, they're dumb out of like being, just being naive. Which, yes. You know, he's young. Of course he's going to do naive stuff. Right. So all that stuff actually, I thought added up. The only thing I didn't was at the end, but I said, unless this was like a whole like setup, but like it if, seemed like it, if that's a setup, then not only do you go get a moving truck like that, that part, that end is a little bit eh for me, but yeah, I, agree. I guess you have to end the movie somehow. Right. Um, I think it probably would have been a little more effective for me if he just grabs Rebecca DeMornay by the throat, right? puts a gun in her fucking neck and says, listen, give me give the me your 40, money. or the 8,000 you have, or I'm going to blow her brains out. Right. That would work. That's, I think how it would probably go down. They were probably worried about who was going to see this movie if they did something like that. Uh, really? Don't you think so? Well, no, there's sex scenes. So it is an adult. It's, it's adult. pretty, it's pretty, it is pretty adult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't know then. I don't know. It is, I, I don't get why, why uh, Paul Brickman, right? I, I don't Paul know Brickman. why he, was it Paul Brickman? Yep. Yeah. Like, I don't know why he kind of, he, he, I mean, I don't know, whatever. Okay. But at the end of the day though, this is a good movie. It is a good movie. A solid B for B, me. Exactly. Yeah. Like yep. this is a really, a really strong movie. Um, as far as like teenage movies go, it's tough to find one more mature than this one. Um, I can't think of one has, uh, has some dark tones, has some, has some funny moments, but has like just an interesting, I think how Joel gets to be from this kid left alone to being this like, really successful pimp it's all done <laughs> right. in really strategic and really well plotted out moves it's stepwise he moves a little bit yes. past his comfort zone I- I- incrementally right like he still you know he still takes his dad's car he shouldn't have he's yep. drinking a little bit then he call like you know he gets convinced to call a prostitute but i think and- it's okay for him to drink though remember this is it's hard for matt and i to kind of wrap our heads I around forget. this but drinking was legal was it then yeah i'm pretty sure yeah now he's obviously drinking more they well, show him kind of putting like a whole bottle of whiskey yeah, in glass, his parents but. his dad was pissed when he changed the eq of the stereo i'm sure they wasn't yeah. gonna have him fucking you know allow him to drink out of the liquor cabinet might, but it might, he might have went and bought that like remember, that's true remember you could no he rated liquor cap it was in like a glass thing oh and, yeah 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 so but but you know what i mean like right. there was this incremental no, there, actually, he, he yeah. takes the car then next thing you know he's like speeding with the car with right. the girl, or even even having the prostitute he does the, you know the first prostitute isn't what he's looking for is it jackie i think is her name uh, yeah like the second one obviously but he but he makes the effort to call the second one. He like does. he still brings that into his house right um it seems crazy to me you would invite someone you don't know into your house like some stranger i know but if you're horny and you're high school senior and you you might have got your you might have got excited at the, at the prospect of it because it was forced on you yeah and now you're still now you're excited yeah. yeah i can sense that 
it's not something I could ever imagine myself in high school doing. No, but I also did stuff in high school that I can't imagine. I can't believe I did. Yeah, I can see that. So yeah, I, I, can see I, I don't know if it's that, but it's incremental. And then suddenly he's running yeah. a brothel and fucking having sex on a train. I mean, this right. is, it's, you know, he goes pretty far. He does, but it, but it's, but it's all, in my opinion, it's all justified. It's all believable. Yeah, I agree. Uh, except, like I said, except for the end with, with the, with the move by, uh, by the pimp. But, uh, other than that, it's all, it's, it all makes sense to me. I really like Brickman's direction too. I love the beginning scene one, uh, towards the beginning of the scene where, or beginning of the movie where Joel is bringing his parents to the airport. They get to the airport and it's all by his perspective. Don't like that. You don't like that? No, oh, I fucking love it. No, I like it. Yeah, and then yeah, as soon as they walk away, it, no, it, uh, it, the camera turns and, and, uh, you're seeing him as he's kind of fading in the background. No, no I really good. like that. No, was bad. Why was, don't you it, like that one? Ah, it's too, you think it's too cheesy. Yeah. It's paint by numbers. I mean, it's, it's literally what they do in the alf credits. In Alf. I remember the show Alf? Yes. It's all from his perspective to show that he's small and he like wants a cat and shit. Like it's like, ah, what are we doing here, guys? And, like like, it. and, and the head even moves like he looks over the mom to the dad. Yeah, yeah the mom kissed him on the cheek. I liked great. it. Yeah, I don't. I liked it. There's so it. many things you can do in airport terminal too that are such better shots. You can do like because you can go real high up. You can you can do a lot of different moves. You had to establish his innocence and like how young he is. Ah, you don't need to do it that way. Yeah, whatever. You got you can show him in high school. Okay, like that. that's a really that's, a, that's really that's really not not a great move. I, I winced at that. Actually. You like that one? I liked nah, it. it's not good. Um, but um, but I actually do like the shot at the end of that though, where they flip the camera back and you show him alone and it, and, yeah. it, and it fades out. That's a good shot, right? But the, it, it, that's a little too. But I don't think you get that without the setup. But maybe oh, you, you do. do. You, do. Right, you can have them all. You can have them all conversating and have and have it move back. But still, like it was surprising. He's never really directed any other major films. Well, he did. He directed what one did he more. Um, oh, I always get the it's with uh, Deborah Winger. Um, let me get it. Men Is it the leave. men don't leave. I know. I don't. I had never heard of that. Didn't. I'm sorry, Jessica Lang, not Deborah Jessica, Winger. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, it, that was Chris O'Donnell's debut. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't know it at all. I saw it years ago. It was um, the little general store at the uh, uh, in town yeah. had video rentals, like yeah. a lot of them did back then, Sorry. right? Yes. And um, they had I don't know, say they had maybe I don't know eighty films, which sounds like a lot, but if that's your only option for rental for movie rentals, it's really you go through them pretty quick. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. So like this was one of them. So I definitely saw this, <laughs> and I know I saw the case for years and years and years. We definitely did rent this movie once. I I it, it, I was like ten or eleven, so it really wasn't yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh. But he, but it, it was well acclaimed, just like this was. Yeah. So he has only directed two films. Both of them got pretty g- good critical acclaim. And this one was a was a hit. I mean, yeah. you know, it made ten times what it cost. So right. You know, yeah, I, I was really surprised. So he more. was really upset. Do you know what the whole thing with this? No, I don't. Okay, so um, they they put the movie out there. Well, okay, so they're shooting the, they're shooting the movie, and the studio's like, we want a different ending really yeah and um he doesn't have much clout because no and he uh threatened to walk off the set he's like i'm not going to direct it because you know he also wrote this too um so he's very married to the the content on the page um so what the studio wanted and what the studio got shock is uh the end scene the very you know how they're in the restaurant yep okay so then it cuts away to like them just kind of walking outside the yeah. Mornay and Cruz. Yeah. And, and they're, they're kind of chatting. repeating the lines yep. when they, when they first had the first transactional exchange, yep. but it's from her yeah, perspective. It's cost you like, yeah. 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 So that is not, that's not, his it's words. not in the script. He did not want, he was kind of forced to direct that. Ugh. He did not want it in the movie. So how the original ending, and you can see it online. I saw it is, uh, you have the scene with them in, in dinner and then it, uh, it stays there. And, um, he actually just has her come and sit with him. And then it, um, 
she like, sits on his lap at the, at the restaurant. Okay. And um, it kind of, and they both look out of the window, kind of looking more like kind of like at their futures. Yeah. Uh, and the camera just kind of fades back. There's not, there's a couple extra things, lines added, nothing of any real consequence, but it ends there. And it definitely has a little bit of a darker tone. Well, yeah, because you don't know that they're contemplating being together past this point. Yeah. You're kind of just like looking, it's just looking out together. Like, you know, like when I say that, when you see that ending, you're like, there's no chance these, these people like, or still go out. Do you think so college? There was comparison to this and the graduate. I saw some, but, uh, but do you think that's a more graduate ending? And maybe that's why the studios kind of rebuffed it. No, I think they rebuffed it because they wanted like a, a cheery, a warmer, a, a cheery ending. ending. Yeah. Well, I mean the graduate ending was not, not cheery. They're like, what the fuck are we doing now? Oh it's yeah. Kind no, of it's a, a fucking, Oh shit. What have we done? Yeah. Uh, the end of graduate. No, I think the studio, I think, I think the graduate stuff was from lazy critics. Yeah. Uh, also because, you gotta remember the time. I mean, the graduate had come out only 13 years earlier. Right. Just like if a teen comedy came out now, it probably wouldn't be compared to American Pie. Sure. Um, but you know, 15 years from, from now, it won't be. You right. know what I mean? Just because time, you know, that's just how it works. Um, so this was, you know, a strong have a strong lead with the big nose. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> yes. Tom Cruise, both short guys with big noses, uh, who would later, of course, go on and do Rayman together. Of course. Um, but so I think there was just kind of a tie there. Uh, not that they look similar, but they look similar. I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, to remember, you know, Tootsie's one of the biggest movies going mm. the year before, so Dustin Hoffman's kind of on everybody's mind anyway. Sure. Um, but and I just think I don't think there were too many. Honestly, there's not too many now. There weren't too many teen comedies that were made really more for adults than the kids. I watched this movie as a high schooler. I enjoy it far more as an adult. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, which is which is funny. Yeah, you, I liked it a lot more this time. Like I wasn't how, looking forward to how watching many teen it. comedies. Can you say that about? I'd say like none, right? None. Like, the Graduate. Uh, other than the that, there's few. That's not even, yeah. But yeah. you enjoy that more as an adult than you as a kid, typically. Yeah, um, I know I do. Um, but like, there's not too many no. out there. No, because it speaks to the darkness of the film. Yeah, you can relate. There's more adult themes. Like you see consequences and all that stuff, which is stuff you wouldn't see in a in a in a teen movie or a kids movie. So, so let's yeah. go. Let's go through Brickman's career because it's real short. Um, so he he started as a writer, yeah. and he wrote a sequel to break to uh, the Bad News Bears, uh, Bad News Bears right. and Breaking Training, right? Which is oh, fine. That's it. how everyone's got to get started. Yeah. And then he does a movie called Handle with Care, which uh, was directed by Jonathan Demme. It's early Jonathan Demme, and huh. he wrote it. Uh, but the movie would tank to the box office. Mm. Uh, Bruce McGill from um, Animal House is in that. Yeah. He played the motorcycle guy. Yep. Um, so then he doesn't do anything for six years. The Brickman. Brickman uh, is kind of like me when it comes to work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do a lot of it. Uh, he, does risky, he does risky business. Yep. Like you said. But the same year, he writes a movie called Deal of the Century, which was uh, Chevy Chase, Gregory Hines, and Sigourney Weaver that barely broke even it really really did not do well that the, sounds familiar to me i wonder if i saw it you probably did on hbo yeah. it was directed by william freak directed uh exorcist yeah so this was a movie that was supposed to be uh, a big time comedy it just it, it, it didn't work uh so uh they didn't do it he was really burnt by that ending with him not getting his way he really was upset about it and i saw him speak when i was doing prep for this show i saw him i i saw it i didn't see him sorry i heard Some him video. speak oh. uh over uh over um some shots of risky business yeah and he was just saying how like angry he was about the end. This is like 20 years later. He's, he's doing a commentary. Angry. He's still, if so it's your art, it. I get it. You wrote it. Now you directed it. You had your fingers on this whole thing and the then you ending, don't get to have the ending. But it's not that it's not like someone dies. It's, it's, yeah, it's not a happened. huge it's difference. Just like, it's, it's, but he probably thought it didn't, it created the wrong tone and he, you know, it obviously did. Cause it obviously bothered him. So then he does that men don't leave movie. We talked, we talked yeah. about and he doesn't do anything for nine years. And he, oh. he writes uh, True Crime. That's the um, yeah, Clint that's, Eastwood movie right. that he directed. That. I actually like that movie, but it's been 20 years since I've seen it. I don't it. think I've seen that. So he, oh, he's one of three writers. He didn't, he didn't get full credit on it, mm. um, which usually he works alone. Yeah. 
Uh, and he, he does a movie called Uprising a couple years later. Uh, that's a, uh, it was a mini series on NBC about um, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. I don't know anything about that. I'm sorry. My history is not great when it comes to, uh, it's, it, it's pre-World War or right during World War II. Sure. Uh, um, but on, obviously on the, on the Polish side of things. So he, uh, he helped write that. Um, with John Avnet who directed it. So he was really had his really had his hands on that. Avnet directed it. Cause Avnet, Av- cause he wasn't, he one of the writers on this. Yes, I think he, he was. was. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they so had, they, yeah, so a, they partnership. had a, a partnership. Yeah. So maybe this was a passion project for yeah. Avnet and then, uh, Brickman came in and helped. Could be. Uh, and then he, he uh, did a short film in 2012 and that's it. That's it. And that's always done. And it's, it's, it, it is really remarkable because when you think of this movie, um, obviously you think of the first thing you think of, of course, is Tom Cruise. Yeah. You want this, basically launched him it kind of doesn't it kind of doesn't i want to refute that in a second okay. um it doesn't doesn't um but you, you but right though you're also in cruise you're also thinking rebecca demore kind of put her on the map but you also have like I said curtis armstrong who, yeah. who later does revenge of the nerds bronson pinchot Pincho, yep. who does uh Perfect strangers Perfect strangers yep uh, who, and also does Beverly Hills cop yep and um uh he's in true romance so he had a nice character uh career there um richard mazzer's in this he was already kind of on the map he had done some tv beforehand he also had been in the thing but was he, that the dad? No, that's Who's the uh, Princeton guy. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He, oh, yeah. I remember him from the Yeah. Thing. Of course. He, he was on, yeah, he was on like one day at a time. He was on a bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he was Rhoda's, he was in Rhoda. I think he might have been her boyfriend. I don't know. Um, do you know Rhoda? No? I uh, know. I know the, I know you the, know the show. Yeah, 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 show. Yeah, yeah. He had a, he had a, he's like, I don't remember him. Yeah. Um, but he's good. He's like a warm character. I've always liked him. He does, doesn't he? He has yeah. a nice, he's in the It series as well. Very small part, but very the, memorable. The one with uh, John, uh, with Ritter? Yeah. He's a real small so part, but you're right. He's so warm on screen. He is, is really like for me, at least it's very memorable. Yeah. That he was in that. Um, but yeah, let's talk to Tom Cruise for a second. Um, because I don't know. I don't, I kind of disagree with the concept. Cause that, isn't this the first, isn't this his first leading role? Yes. It's the first time he, he has, he's, he's, you know, name above the credits, the whole right. thing. All right. So this is really his first quote unquote starring role. Um, let me, I'm pulling up here. I want to go through kind of the itinerary here. So, okay. So, he starts in 81 with um, his first real movie was taps. It's kind of how he got on the screen. He he's yep. He plays the bad guy in taps yep. and, uh, and he does a good job with it. He does. I saw it years ago, uh, but he, but he started to get real acclaim around the industry and then he does the outsiders, which, yep. um, it, you know, we saw on HBO a, a ton growing up as kids, but it ha- you go to that cast and every he's single gonna- person in that cast goes on to, to a big career. Right. Obviously Copo directed it, but, and that became kind of like a nugget for casting directors would like con- keep referencing outsiders to keep going back and seeing if this young male actor can handle this role. Sure. So just being in that put you on every, everybody's short list. Uh, and then he does, he, then he does uh, risky business the same year. Mm. So you, so in my mind, I'm sure a lot of people's mind, maybe Matt's too, like, all right, so now he does risky business. Then it's just, it's off and running for Tom Cruise, Yeah, but it's kind of not. So it's he not? does a movie called all the right moves. That's right. Which is a football movie with a uh, crazy Nelson going on the coach, but Leah Thompson's in yep. that it's a high school football movie. It, it barely broke even. It, I made like 10 million box office. I definitely saw that on HBO. Oh, yeah, it was on Yeah. Time. But a lot of reasons on HBO is because at that point, by the time we're seeing it, he's a star. Right. Or becoming a star. I see. So, um, you know, Risky Business made 60 million. You know, and this made 10. So it's like, that's kind of a drop mm. off, you know? And then he does a movie that's supposed to be huge, uh, and that's a legend. Yeah, and uh, so I have fonder memories of legend than probably you do. That's a Ridley Scott film. Yes. Um, With Mia Sarah from Ferris Bueller's yes, Day Off. And yes. then uh, who's playing the devil? It's. Um, the guy from uh, from Clue, the butler from Clue. Oh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Yes. Yep. Who's great. Yeah. And he, I mean, in the devil costume, is like, that scared the shit out of me. Another guy. guy. It. Another yeah, that's right. Um, hey, Georgie. <laughs> what a balloon, Georgie. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, but Legend, I mean, Matt, you may yeah, like it, but it didn't work. It, no, it didn't work. Uh, you know, no. box office wise, right? You know, you, like, it was a not. weird story. It was it didn't yeah. make a lot of sense. I don't There's think Tom Cruise there. is good casting for no. that either. That's not for um, him. So it 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 bombed. I mean, I don't if, know why I chose if, that. If, if flat out, because I'm on Ridley Scott. I guess Ridley he's come Scott. off Alien a few years earlier. Yeah, like, right. I mean, yeah. you know, I, make, I, I understand why you do it. You probably still kind of find your footing, too. You tr- try not to do another high school movie. You've just done risky business. You've just done all yeah. the moves. You've yeah. all done taps. You're trying to get out of the high school stuff. I guess you're right. Um, and, you know, outside, all he's been doing he's is high school He's a hero stuff. in, in uh, right, he's a hero, a, like a legit hero in Legend. So I can see that. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's a friend. You know, you don't know what it is at that point. You don't know what it's going to be, right? Yeah. But so, so. When he does Top Gun in 86, which becomes the biggest movie in 1986, we've talked about it in the show, obviously. But huge monster hit. But the, Risk, Top Gun's three years later. It is. So after Risky Business, it was a three-year cold spell for Tom Cruise. Yeah. So it really, He's working, but it, he's not making... Yeah, he's, yeah, he he's not making hits. He wasn't making a hit. He didn't make another yeah. hit until top, until top Gun. So it really was Top Gun was the movie that made him a star. Uh, yeah, a risky yeah. business made him a leading man. If yeah. that makes any sense, that does. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I hate to say, it, but like, let's say Tom, let's say Top Gun doesn't work. Oh, he's which it was always going to work. But let's say work, it yeah. doesn't work. His well, career is suddenly derailed. in trouble. Yeah, because well, yeah, it is. He, I mean, beca- he becomes right. Dennis Quaid real quick. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Four or five years in after your your last hit. Ugh, now start to he wander. followed up Top Gun with Color of Money. Yeah. So you figure, all right, maybe he even if Top Gun does bomb, he's in he Color of Money. That probably it. It, right. That might save and him. And he's a great. He's a, he is a really good actor. Really good actor. So you hope that that would carry. I mean, he's better than Quaid. Quaid's good, but he's he's a better actor than Quaid is. So you think that maybe that would carry him too? So Tom Cruise never works with Scorsese again. Really? Right. Does Color of Money with him? Doesn't work with him again, right? Yeah. Scorsese likes to work with the same actors over and over again. Oh, well, yeah, clearly. Okay, so Bronson Pinchot did an article in the AV Club. Really interesting. Highly recommend reading it. Really, really, really good read if you like dirt and like that kind of gossipy and fun, fun, interesting behind the uh, behind the curtain Hollywood stuff. And they kind of walk through all of his roles, and he is just unflinchingly honest, wildly honest. Like doesn't really? give a fuck. And uh, they talk about risky business, and he's saying that on the set, he's like, "I thought this movie was going to be a huge, like nothing. It was just going to be nothing. It was just going to come out and just." Right. Whatever. Six million dollar movie. Yeah. And just like it's high school. It's just going to kind of. First time director. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And Tom Cruise. But he says Tom Cruise spent the entire time walking around. Um, very bizarre guy. Incredibly boring. Acted like he was a huge star already. And then the weirdest thing was he kept. He kept saying like anti-gay stuff. So like they would be like. Mm. Let's say they went like to an ice cream place. And uh, Tom Cruise walked out and he's having the ice cream. And Bronson was like. How's that ice cream? And this is the example Pinchot gives. By the way. Yeah, yeah. He goes, "Oh, it's great. There were no gay people in that ice cream shop." That's <laughs> what? what? Non sequitur. And the it fuck? was like at, all yeah. the time. Mm. There's a lot of like, really weird stuff like that. Yeah. Now, um, Pinchot is like it really bothered him. Uh, he uh, Pinchot is not. Uh, I don't believe he's gay. But regardless, he was just bothered by just the fact that someone was was kind of like this guy's twenty. He's not a kid. He's yeah, twenty. Like what? what and are, it's just it's odd. Why is it, yeah. Why are we yeah, talking? Who gives odd. a shit? That's not even. Yeah. And he just was not a fan. He said Denzel Washington, he did a movie with him uh, later on. He said Denzel Washington, incredibly cruel. Like, cruel? Na- cruel. N- nasty Denzel? person. Uh, so they asked the person about Tom Hanks and Denzel. They're like, all right, well, these are two superstars um, you work with. Like, is this just a superstar thing? Like, yeah. is this a problem you have with 
uh, it was, it was superstars just kind of like just jerks in general. He's like, well, I met Tom Hanks and he was a great guy. Yeah. So he's like, I don't, I don't know if it is. It might just be, I, I, maybe it is, maybe it is. And he's like, I don't know. I'm not a superstar. I have no idea. But I have um, no doubt Cruz is a fucking weirdo. But really weird. But even back then, you think, all right, well, he's only 20. I, he's not a star yet. No. Like, maybe now he's kind of normal, but he, he's always been weird. He has been weird. Um, but I guess he was like really, I, he said like incredibly boring other than like the weird kind of anti-gay stuff. Just really boring person. We probably didn't want to show any, like, yeah, probably didn't want to show too much personality. He's probably got, you know, he's got his own demons or doesn't want to, I, I don't know, know what's going on. And, but, but, you know, but then you see the stuff that happened, you know, just past year with how Cruz is treating his crew with mission impossible. Yeah. Like, uh, and then you do, you know, you just kind of, you hear a lot of just odd stories about him. You're like, you know, I want to, you know, there's got to be a reason why Scorsese doesn't work with him. Cause look at Scorsese and DiCaprio. Like those guys are like linked at the hip. Yep. And obviously Scorsese and De Niro, we all know that. And even like, you know, Pesci, yeah, we, you know, he goes to the list. Yeah. Um, but you know, Frank Vincent, all those guys, but you're like, why, like, why wouldn't you work with him again? You would. Cause you he's would. a talented, talented actor. superstar yeah, guy. Exactly. That's strange. That is me. very strange. That's a good point. I wonder, I wonder if that's a pattern. I wonder if there are direct, like, are there multiple, are there directors who don't work with him more than a, a couple times? I mean, I, I would assume that some of the mission impossible are directed by the same person. Well, a lot of them aren't. And that's well, I know also, the first few aren't, uh, well, one, two, three are all different. Right. Um, but then after that, the last few might be the same. It's they work with Chris McQuarrie a lot. Yeah. The same guy that co-wrote, um, yeah. All right. written usual suspects. I uh, also do a movie called way the gun, which is eh, kind of a miss. Um, but, um, yeah, he works with him a lot. I mean, at the end of the day, though, like Mission Impossible, it's kind of like coaching LeBron James. Like, like Cruz is the executive producer. He's like he's signing insurance papers so he can do these ridiculous stunts. Like, right, he's gonna he's, do his thing. He's really kind of like calling the shots yep. there. Um, but other movies beyond, like let's talk like more like the '90s. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't work with the same director a super ton. Um, now he also might have wanted different. He, you know, we saw it with Interview Vampire or other movies that like he's trying to get different. He's trying to do different things. Um, to expand his reach, you know. Right. Um, so there's some of that too. But, but none of his big movies, I don't think he's, I don't think he repeated directors. No, even like, you know, look at like Magnolia. Like exactly. He, he does Paul that. Thomas Anderson doesn't. And like, he doesn't work with him again. Nope. And like, uh, and, and I'm, you know, I also think there's something, you know, with Cruz too, where he's so iconic that you, you don't want to keep, DiCaprio is, a, is obviously a much better actor than Cruz. And yes. For some reason, he does a really. Kudrabi is incredibly calculated and brilliant with how he runs his career. He's the smartest guy in Hollywood, smartest big actor in Hollywood. He does everything kind of right, and he doesn't overexpose himself. He's really good about that. Where Cruz, especially when we were growing up in the '90s, like he was everywhere. And there's only maybe so many things you can do with him. You also might not want to fall into doing another Tom Cruise movie. Where I don't know if you feel that way when I watch DiCaprio. No, Scorsese film. I don't feel like I'm watching another DiCaprio. No. No, they're different. No, I don't feel that way at all. Like you think about Gangs of New York and The Departed, there's, there's an aviator in Shutter Island, Island. very vastly yeah. different movies. And you're like these are all different movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gangs of New York, you never like, feel that way. Yeah, but like, maybe with Cruz you would. He doesn't have like, especially now because he's all action films. Well, for the last Wall Street's another one he did with Scorsese. That's another. That's it's another great. Very example. Different, different, different movie, right? Yeah. And you're like, where Cruz is going to be the action hero, you're not going to see Cruz do romantic comedies anymore. Even like, did Cruz work with Levinson again after Rain Man? I don't think so. Right? I think he did. Not to my recollection. Isn't that weird? It's weird. He doesn't work with anybody the same. Yeah. And he's like, t- why don't I have Cruz do sleepers or something? He should have. Yeah, that would have been, I mean, that been I mean, good. Who knows? Maybe Cruz also, you know, Cruz is also a busy guy too. So let's not ignore that. So Cruz is doing hit after hit after hit. After hit. He's basically like, doesn't have a break in his schedule. He's doing pretty big movies all the time. So it's true. You know, with some of these other movies like sleepers, maybe it was like, he just couldn't, 
couldn't fit it in. And also, he would have had to take a pay cut to do it. Yeah, but you think... That's the other problem with Chris. He was asking for top dollar. Like 20 million or something. Yeah, right? or yeah. whatever it would have been at that certain year. But right, whatever think, top dollar was. Oh, you getting. think you would have hit... Uh, so... Yeah, or you would have hit a franchise with the same director. He hit Mission Impossible, and they're all different directors. That's, that's, his, weird, that's his franchise. That's his no, franchise. No, it's all his thing. It's it really all is. him. Yeah, so it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. And it, it, I, I was thinking aloud, you know, Tom Cruise, obviously, you know, biggest biggest movie star of our life. Yep. He and is. talented, and he's done some great stuff. There'll never be, I don't know if there'll ever be, because now entertainment is so segmented. It is. There will never be another movie star with the same power that Tom Cruise had in, in the 80s and 90s. No, probably not. Yeah, and, and but uh, we'll go, well, we'll go back to what we're talking about next with Michael Jackson's song is yeah, fame yeah. just warps you, and it I, does. I, you, but but then yeah, I say it, but then on the flip side, Pincho said he was weird beforehand, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, Speaking of, um, I really did like Pincho and uh, Pincho was really good. And in this. Booger, what's what's his name? I always say I'm, that's mean of me to say Curtis and, uh, Armstrong. Curtis Armstrong. Yeah. I really like both of them. Curtis Armstrong in this was movie. also was he in Moonlighting too? Think Actually, I think he was. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. It was a really interesting show in the 80s. Uh, Sybil Shepherd, Bruce Willis. I mean, he's limited in what he can be. He's going to be the goofy, like, comic relief. Kind of, but he but, was, but, but I think he's really good. Yeah. And I, I liked both of them as, like, warm characters in this. Both really believable. Yes, both believable. Never trying Even to... the asshole friend was believable. Never, like, flexing too much. Nope. Like, I like I think... Uh, I Pitcho like, is, like, the insecure guy. Like, that worked. Totally I, I worked. love that, like, in, the, in that car chase. Curtis yes. Armstrong was, like, legitimately scared. Yes. Because that's what how a real person would be really Fucking scared. terrified, yeah. And it's, like, this is fucked up. Like, this is, like, way more than I... I've been in that situation a few times in my life where, like, oh, I'm having fun. I'm, it's being wild. And like, it goes too far. It goes, yeah, to And you're, like, far. oh, I'm not having fun anymore. This, right. I want to get off this ride. Yep. And it's scary. And like I, I, I haven't been in a situation exactly like that. I've been in one similar, and I'm like, ah, uh, I, I could, I shouldn't I, be here. I understand what yeah. that's like, and, yeah. and that's, and I think he played it really well. He really did. Um, yeah, I really liked, I really liked them. I liked the acting in general. I like, I, all of them, I liked. I think I, it's, it's too bad, Brickman, because um, Brickman seems to have a really talented way with actors, because it happened in his next movie too, um, and based on reviews and I, I don't remember any bad performances in that either i saw obviously many years ago but he especially uh, like it's a young cast not a lot yeah. of, not, no heavies in there really, no besides if, if you read Hans. ebert's review he's like it's a lot of new fresh faces yeah and it's like oh wow like that's that's kind of cool right? and and i and he never you know you figure it's tough act with some of these young actors because they're gonna try to do too much because this might be their big shot yeah exactly but it, it was the other way everyone acted actually actually like way more muted than you typically see in a teen movie right it was it was re- it's a it was really well done. Like this movie is more on the B plus side of B than B minus side for me. I agree. It's still a B for me, but yeah, it's a B, but it's a, uh, it's, it's right on that. It brink. was, it was definitely a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I had seen it more recently than you. Um, uh, but I hadn't seen it in a decade. I just really like the style. I like the mood of it and the tone of it. And yeah, the script was good. I, I it's, it's a good movie. Every time I see it, I like it more. It's a good movie. Yeah, it is a good movie. I, I, uh, Oh, we was talk uh, about Rebecca DeMornay. Um, this is kind of was her breaking yeah, out movie. Yeah, she never quite had that career uh, nope. that you, I don't think she's particularly great in this. Um, I think she's good. I think she works for the role. I think she's okay. Yep. You know, you wonder with someone like her, should she have been on a show like dynasty or Dallas or something like that? Um, the only thing I think there's two things going against her. A by the, by the time she would have made that move, she's already kind of a movie star. She kind of got caught in a, in a bit of a pinch after this movie. So this movie comes out, it's a pretty big hit, makes yep. 60 million in the eighties. So yep. you figure that's like early eighties. So that's like a hundred million now. So you figure she's already kind of a name. Yep. So she's probably too big to go to TV. Probably, but she's not really talented enough to she's, be a true leading lady. She's not going to carry a movie. No, no. So now you're kind of stuck, right? 
she she if she had better representation she probably should have went and done a show like a dallas or like a dynasty the only thing with those shows too is it in the 80s it's all about um but in this movie too commercialism right sure. it's all about um it's all about like money and, and like uh being uh lifestyles rich and famous being very luxurious and very fancy yep she has she's rough right on the edges she is and we see it in backdraft too in that small part but yep. she's actually better she's actually better in backdraft than this um mm. but she has kind of a rough roughness to her and that might hold that might have held her back a little in the 80s too i wonder if she would have had more success in the 90s she's not as maybe flamboyant as the women on those uh shows and she's she's, uh, she's also pretty no she's not polished and she's also she's pretty cold too she is she's like a <laughs> she's like a, a blue collar white trash uh, michelle <laughs> pfeiffer oh. but yeah, i say that it, it sounds meaner than it should be but it's it, i wonder though in a more like if there's i bet she would have she would have i bet she would have had more success in the 70s or in the mm. 90s when it was a grittier filmmaking sure she was kind of born at the wrong time yeah because she's very her, she's very pretty like uh juliette lewis type of yes. role sometimes yeah Julia lewis would not have succeeded in the in the in the 80s no you know like she's she too weird looking and very weird and cold yeah and like odd, and yeah odd rough but like quirky like that works in the 90s in tarantino and it would have worked in the great. 70s like yeah like talia shire and like that kind yep. of look works in the but it doesn't work in the 80s in the yeah. 80s you really needed to be like beautiful but also like like i said kind of a luxurious glamorous, glamorous. or warm one of the two yeah and she doesn't really have either of those it doesn't really doesn't yeah. really work that's why she's she's better in films like this which are a little bit darker tone i agree and this does have more of a 70s feel i know it's made yeah. in, but this, this film could have this film is much more likely to be made in 1977 than it is in 1987 yeah um when by that point john hughes who i really like a lot we talk about uncle buck a little bit sure. and, and, but i like john hughes a lot i think i like him more than you do yeah um but this is a this is a different you know, his movies kind of changed teen comedies a bit where it became less about, I mean, obviously we had animal house before this, but it, this kind of like teen high school drama after Hughes is done is after Hughes gets his claws into the movies. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen again. No. Cause now every studio is going to want breakfast club. Yep. They're not going to want risky business. Cause it's too, it, haha, it was too risky to make that kind of movie. Sure. It's hard to make that work. Plus. Well, yeah. Cause you also have to have the talent there too. And you, you also want to be PG 13. Right. So we right. get to get the kids to go see the movie. Right. I mean, that's what Hughes kind of unlocked. Yeah. Um, where risky business, you're asking adults to go see a high school movie, which people typically won't do. Right. They did here. And they, I know they did with Porky's and they did with Animal House, but times change and parents got a bit more protected by that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, PG 13 is eventually is created a couple years later. That kind of changed the game sure. too, where PG or R, you know, once PG 13 came, R became very like, ooh, ooh. That's right. It did. Where yeah. It wasn't as spooky before that. No. Um, it wasn't, it, yeah, now you know. there's like a, there's a middle ground between PG and R, right? It, it, uh, it elongates that gap. Even it further. really pasteurized the filmmaking process in a lot of ways. I can see um, that. But, uh, this, this movie though, uh, quite good. Uh, very good. You should see it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to see it. Yeah. We recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Cool. Uh, you know, we need to talk about, it. oh, I do know what we need to talk about talk about behind the bits, baby. Perfect. Uh, behind the bits um we talked about this uh last week this is the podcast if you're into stand-up comedy um this is a serious stand-up comedy talk show yeah uh they are interviews of working comedians comedy legends people that are uh, on last comic standing Mm -hmm. uh, on some late night talk shows people who have had what people who are just starting out it's a really wide-ranging uh look at different comedians and what i like about it and the reason i'm a big fan of the show is twofold a I'm getting that behind the scenes look that you don't typically get uh, on po- on like late night shows or po- or even right. other podcasts yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's like 
all right, the guy's funny, great, but like I'm almost as interested in how he got there. Yeah. Or how she got there. Like what led to how do you develop your jokes? What is life like on the road? How do you how does this part of the business work? Uh and Yeah, because uh, we could see you tell jokes in a comedy special. We want to hear the story behind it. Of course. Yeah. Um and Scott Curtis uh is the host. He does a great job. Uh and they recently won Discover Pods Award for best interview style podcast in 2020. And I think the reason that Scott is such a good interviewer is he really listens. Um, so, you know, he watched a lot of these late night talk shows and you know, ask questions. They're not even listening to what the guest is saying. Yeah. Where, where Scott, you can tell he listens because he asks really good follow-ups. He's not just like going down a laundry list of questions to ask the guest. He'll hear what the guest has to say. And then maybe they'll expound on that and kind of do a tangent about this particular thing that actually is really interesting that would have been glossed over by someone who isn't as talented as Scott is at interviewing people. Yeah, you'd have to discover it through conversation. You can't just plan that stuff ahead. So you have to really be listening. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's kind of a, a hidden art uh, with a lot of these shows where Scott does it uh, exceptionally well. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Behind the Bits. You can find it anywhere. Uh, you get our podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any uh, of your podcasting devices. Um, you can check that out. Uh, they just had a new episode out with April Brucker. Um, uh, so you get kind of the female kind of perspective. And the one before that was with Aaron Simmons, who is, uh, uh, the male kind of perspective. So, yeah, right. you know, he, but he even goes way deeper than that. Obviously I can't recommend enough behind the bits with Scott Curtis. If this song is adult contemporary, then there is no better written adult contemporary song on the planet. You can't do that genre any better than Michael Jackson does it here. Yeah, I guess I don't consider this adult contemporary. I didn't either, but but then I if I think about like what it sounds like and you know, kind of its mood and and it's a little you know, it's got that easy listening vibe. It does, I guess. Then, I mean, it's not like his dance hits. No. You know, there's a lot of that on this album, too. Yeah. Thriller, of course. Want to be starting something. Uh, Which is the P-Y-T. best song on the album to me. That's a great song. I mean, it's really tough to pick a fit. I mean, it's, that's really tough. There's there are, This is a nine-song album, yep. and there are seven awesome songs, one okay song, and two okay songs. Yeah. If I you think about, like, The Girl of, Is Mine. Kind of lousy songs. Girl and then, of Mine is okay. It's not... It's not I wouldn't say it's good, have, but it's not a bad song. Yeah, I have that seventh. Yes. Well, uh, I have that eighth, and then the ninth is Baby Be. Is it that the last no, one? The last album, one's awful. The, the last, last one's, one's terrible. It's not Baby Be Mine. It's um. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Baby Mine's Be Mine is actually a good song, but the night. Yeah, the last song on the disc is like a throwaway song. It's all right. I would say it's a little bit. It's not quite as good as the Girl's Mine. The Girl's Mine isn't a good. So- it's not a bad song though. The, the thing is. I'd be really critical to say that that's a bad song. It's not bad. It's no, just, it's I just bad. don't care about it. But the other seven songs on this fucking album want to be starting something thriller, beat it, Billy Jean, PYT, baby be mine and human nature. All seven of those songs. I fucking like a lot. Some of them I love. So I, I mean, want to be starting uh, yeah, something is a great song. I have this fifth uh, in that mix, if you will. Really? Yeah. I, have a hard time. I like it. It's actually, I like it a lot more it's now because it's song. in a way, because I don't hear it. You don't hear it as much. So it's like, oh, it's kind of like a, 
I mean, don't get me wrong, it's obviously a very popular oh, song. Yeah. But it's not something that, you know, it's not like Beat It or Billie Jean or Thriller. Yeah. Or even Want to Be Sorry, something which I do like a lot, but I love. But like, this is not as heard as much. So it's almost like, oh, oh. If there was a video for this, I don't know it. There's not one. I checked. Okay. So then yeah. that makes sense because, you know, Beat It and <laughs> and Thriller and Billie, Billie Jean, Jean are all yeah. over MTV when we were right. a kid. So that makes sense that this, yeah, it wasn't, we didn't hear it all the time like, no. like we heard those other songs. And you don't really hear it now all the time. I know, and it still hit number seven. I mean, it's still, it's still sold I mean, a shit you still right. hear it. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, this album was just... Uh, this album is nuts. So, obviously, it's album thriller. Yeah, 66 million copies is what is counted so far. It's the biggest album um, ever. It charted on the Hot 200 every year. It charted, charted in 2020. It was, 100, it was 111th That's biggest album last year, Thirty, you know, almost 40 years later. It's crazy. It's so weird, 35 right? years later. Um, it is just, so Michael Jackson, um, in 1979 does off the wall and he's disappointed. He sells 10 million copies and he's disappointed uh, that, that, you know, this didn't hit my expectations. 10 million fucking copies. That's a career. And so he's like, I'm just going to this, this next one, I'm just going to go all the fuck out. Cause I want to be the biggest pop star in the world. And he fucking wore it. worked. He did it. I mean, it's is just off the wall. A better album though. No, Think- it's very good. There's some good stuff on it, yeah. but no. If I think of those seven songs, no, it's not. I mean, Thriller, I don't love. It's but it's a great song. I like it more than you do. I think it's a great song. Yeah, I'm just it's a tired great song. of it. Oh, I, just, I know. I you know. know I just heard it. Yeah, but know, the other songs, I'm not tired. Like I could listen to "Want to Be Starting Something," "Beat It," "Billie Jean," "Pyt," um, and "Human Nature." Now, no problem. I, if those were, if if I were listening to the radio and those came on the radio, I would stay with those. Absolutely. I love those songs. Those are, those are great songs. And this is too. So he, the reason why this works is the brilliance of Quincy Jones. The writing on this album is off is, is, is phenomenal. The players on this album yeah. are phenomenal. And you've got Michael Jackson, who's a super talented, great vocalist. Well, of, every really song, sells it. of every song on this album, this is the one that most sounds like he has a band in the back of him. It does. Um, even though all of them do, but this is right, like, but this, this is, is a very specific sound. Yeah. In fact, you know what it sounds like? It's not exactly the same, but it gives me this vibe. The keyboards and the sparseness. You've got like sort of things playing off each other. Little sprinkly bells and a nice little easy beat. Very similar. This song's so iconic, though. I can't think of it as anything else. It's almost like asked me to compare something to Thriller in a way. I just can't. You mean Africa and... Yeah, uh, and Africa. Is, so, so, so what happened was... Um, so <laughs> you have Steve Porcaro, who is a keyboard player. He's a session keyboard player right now. He's still alive. He still he does, like, um, he does scores and things. But in the 70s and 80s, he would be most known um, as the keyboard player for Toto. Right. And so he wrote this song. And what ended up happening was um, he, you know, he put it on a, um, like a tape to, to bring it to Toto as they were recording Africa. And the members of the band are like, this isn't quite right. Like it's a little bit too Africa's kind of far down the adult contemporary road for Toto. They're not, they're a heavier band normally. Yeah. I love Toto by the way, a heavier band normally. So they're like, that's just a little bit too far for us. He's like, okay, yeah, no problem. Um, but it's on this tape. And um, the other keyboard player, Steve Page is, he like he has a connection with um, with Quincy Jones because all of Toto Toto's they're all session musicians in L.A. So they're all playing in like all these different bands, particularly Jeff Porcaro, the drum player, uh, Steven's brother. 
who's also in Toto. That Steve, uh, Jeff Porcaro, the drummer, is on like 100 albums. He died when he was 38 years old. Oh. I think we talked about this before. He was, um, he was spraying insecticide on his oh, lawn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he fucking dropped. Yeah. He fucking died. And Jeff Porcaro, I can't say enough good stuff about him. He is top five favorite drummer for me. He is so good, and he is all over the 70s and 80s. Like, all huge albums. Like, anywhere from, you know, doing stuff with... Uh, former members of Pink Floyd to, you know, to adult contemporary stuff, to Michael Jackson stuff. To, he's, he's everywhere. But so, uh, so, but Steve Page too is the, the other keyboard player in, um, in Toto. He, so he's got that relationship with, with, uh, with Quincy Jones. He's got like, he knows that, that uh, Quincy's taking some, um, some song suggestions for Michael for this album. And so he brings him one of Steve Page brings him one of his songs, but it was recorded on that same tape as the human nature. And Quincy listened to the first song, but didn't like it very much. Um, and then there was a space, and then he starts. He, he hears he hears Human Nature come up, which he hears the why why do 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 do. I think there was even like a do do do, as it wasn't even telling that it's Human Nature. And Quincy's like, oh my god, I love that vibe. And I guess it was very similar to what we're hearing on the album. They just sort of re- recreated it for Thriller. And Quincy's like, this is you know this is a hit, and they did it. But the reason why. So it's all those elements that make this album amazing and this song amazing. It's the it's the phenomenal writing, it's the instrumentation and the phenomenal playing, Quincy Jones producing and Michael Jackson and the the, the playing part of it is Toto. It's all Toto. It is uh, the drummer is Jeff Porcaro, drummer of Toto, drummer on this album, um, Steve Page and uh, and and Stephen Porcaro, two keyboard players from Toto the two keyboard players all over this fucking album. And you got Steve Lukather, the guitar player for Toto is the guitar player on this album. He's the one that's playing all this beautiful, glassy strat work on this song. Like listen to, um, here's like this out, the outro section of human nature. And you'll hear like all the instruments play off each other. You'll hear the great synth stuff, uh, which is Stephen Page do- doing phenomenal work. But then you also hear kind of in the background, Steve Lukather, the guitarist, playing this glassy strat that's sometimes mimicking uh, Michael Jackson's vocal line and sometimes just doing this like these little little lines, little comps. But here, here's this like stack at the end. Following the line. He's playing like right along. This is just, it's such as um, this like great vibe, this great soundscape of, of these just phenomenal musicians playing together. You guys said phenomenal five times in I 60 seconds. I, I'm sorry. So you like this? Huh? <laughs> I uh, love this song. I love Toto. Uh, Toto is so, they're just such a talented band. And I love that those musicians were all over albums in the seventies and eighties. So, we probably should address uh, some of the hypocrisy here by covering this. A yeah. Bit. So yeah, we, yeah. we, we, you know, we don't talk about, you know, we don't want to really cover any more R. Kelly stuff. Cause uh, I'm just, I didn't think he's gross. I think Michael Jackson's gross too. Um, but I don't have the same, I'm, I'm going to just admit, I admit my personal hypocrisy here. Admit, uh, I don't have, my stomach doesn't churn the same way it does when I hear an R. Kelly song as when I hear a Michael Jackson song. However, when I hear Michael Jackson, every time I hear his songs, I do think about I can never hear a Michael Jackson song and not think about the allegations, if you will. I'll always think about it. Like yeah. every time I hear it, like I, I, I cross my mind. I, get, yeah. I think about it. It's true. Like every single time I hear it. And uh, so I doesn't, I can't really, I don't hate his music. I don't hate the music like I do with R. Kelly, but I don't really like, I kind of don't really 
I don't really like love his music anymore. Um, I love his music. Like, do you still listen to it on the regular? Not really, but I, you know, you would go through spurts throughout your life, I think. So, yeah, but like, I mean, going through it today brought up the fact that these seven songs, uh, seven songs on this album are phenomenal, and I love listening to them. I listened to them a ton, uh, you know, like when we were, you yeah. know, just prepping for the show. I'm like, oh, I kind of ranked them on my mind. I'm like, that's kind of fun. Like, yeah. these are good. It's fun to hear these songs again. Oh, this is good. This is good. Uh, great. Obviously, the, the album is amazing. Um, but it's like, eh, I like when I'm making like my mixes and stuff, or when I'm doing like a road trip, like, I'm not, it's not really a big urge for me to throw Michael Jackson in there. And then like, you know, <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. Cause like I, like if the guy these are, boys, probably. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah uh, I believe you did. I mean, I believe yeah, you did. I mean, I yeah. believe you did too. I believe you did. I mean, it's just like, all right, <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> oh, like, well, no, it's not great. No, it's not great. So it's like, <laughs> all right, well, do I want to listen to this in my spare time? Hmm. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, Debbie Downer with everyone because, you know, you know there's also tons of artists we cover, tons of actors, tons of directors and stuff we cover that are probably have, assholes have, or have done have terrible the things. horrible things yep, too, right. you know? Um, how many times are we going to do this though? Because we are going to run into at least five of these. So seven, of these, songs, seven like, of these songs are top 10. I and know. so we're going to run it. We're going to run into thrill. We're going to hit it. There's three, t- there's three number one songs on this album. That's why we're not really going into the album. not playing the other songs right yeah. now. Cause we're going to hit it again. We're going to hit him again and I'm going to want to talk about him because I like, I just, I think I have to, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if we're, if we're talking, if we're, the show is quantum week, I, I remember being alive this time. People were fucking talking about Michael Jackson. They were. He's a pretty big deal. The album was a pretty, you know, I was three and I remember this album. Like, yeah. Oh, I, know, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, yeah. I remember being, yeah, very, yeah. like, I remember being like, very important. Like it was like, it was a right. huge thing. Um, no, I know. And I, I, I don't mean to keep, but like, but, but it's also how I feel like when I hear it, like the show is how we feel about when we kind of revisit our past. I know. And, I, I and know. it's like, oh, like. I'm not saying it has I'm, a real stain on it. I'm not saying you shouldn't talk about it. Or we shouldn't talk about it at all. That's not what I'm or like, or you shouldn't bring it up or you're being a downer. I'm just wondering what it's going to be like the next time we encounter, are we going to do this every single time? I don't I mean, know. I might have to, I might have, I mean, that's how like, I mean, the whole premise of the show is interesting to me or maybe to our listeners. I don't know. Like, is that we're going back and kind of like checking out these works of art and like seeing if I don't know, they hold up or they were ever, no, good, but we have, adult eyes. We have different eyes now. Yeah. And Different it's like, years. you know, were they ever good? Was it ever good? Is it good now? Is it, is it better now than like whatever it is as you know, we're critiquing these things and I can't give a real fair and honest critique of this song unless I bring up the fact that, you know, he messed around with little boys. It's true. And I believe he did. So like, I guess if you like live life and you don't believe that he did makes it easier, then I'm sure you can probably still enjoy it the same way potentially. But like, I was like, ah, I, I, I don't know. Like, honestly, like uh, I've heard so much Michael Jackson in my life. That if I never heard a Michael Jackson song again the rest of my life, like I'd be okay with that. I'm just kind of done. I'm just like, ah, we, you know, it's been, been there, done that a little bit. I mean, I don't mind. It was fun here, especially this one. This is not like a, this is not a deep cut, but it's one of his less played hits. Yeah. So it was kind of fun to revisit it. Sure. Um, but like, you know, if we, like, if we did Billy Jean, which I'm sure one day we will. We're going to. Like, it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's fine. I don't mind it. But like, I'm also like, eh. I don't know. Heard it for forty years almost now. No, like, I get it. Do you I just hear it anymore. I think that's a te- yeah. I guess for me, for me, I can listen to it because um, you know, if if I were just considering the music, if I weren't considering the guy, because the music holds up so well, I it's hard. For, I I don't know that I can get sick of most of these songs. So can I, play, yeah. can I play Devil's Advocate? Yep. So, um, I do look at Michael Jackson, and this is probably my own way of justifying listening to his music or enjoying it. Um, I think of Michael Jackson's two people. I think of him up to bad as one person and I think of him from bad on as another person in my brain. Like, cause you know, that's before then you didn't really yeah. have the allegations. 
then after bad stuff started to get kind of weird and murky around with well, him. Well, he gets really weird. Like, he starts to do the plastic surgery thing. But and I think he was all weird before that. Oh, yeah, but totally. But you didn't really hear dark stuff until after bad. Right. Because you started to hear dark stuff even during Dangerous, like when he was making that. You started, I, yeah. I remember being like 9 and 10 and knowing some shit was up. Yeah, definitely. Now, yeah, I, I would read kind of the trade papers and stuff like, you know, not trade, but like, you know, like Entertainment Weekly. Not no, but he's paper, hanging but like, out with Macaulay Culkin. I mean, but you like, it's I, like, is this, is I know, this but, you, but you would read some stuff like in Premiere Magazine, some other stuff like that. You would kind of like weird, like, or even like the New York Post, whatever. You'd see like strange, like murky stuff written yeah. about it. Like, yep. Like an unusual relationship with Michael Jackson and a child. And you're like, yeah. unusual? Why is that? Like, ooh, right. that's a weird word to use. So like the smoke was there for a while. And then after Dangerous, then it obviously got really bad. You well, know, think, it, he's ruined his career. You think, know. think about how, I mean, he's really young here too. Like he's really only young. 23 years old. Yeah. Off the wall, he's like 20, 21. Yeah. So, you know, so maybe some of that stuff didn't, he wasn't really that much of an adult right now. So maybe that stuff didn't manifest until later. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I mean, you don't know. Uh, so I guess because I can kind of like, place him as two different people when i think of him i can enjoy the music more i know that's also like wildly erroneous i'm sure he i'm sure maybe he did i don't i don't maybe. know maybe it doesn't matter if he was do before he did it i don't i don't know i you know but these are the kind of things i think about when i'm like listening to his music now it's like it's really complicated you can't just listen to music and enjoy it like I, there's layers of complications now when i listen to his stuff it's like it kind of it kind of ruins the music for me in a way. Well, and I was, and I, and that's one of the struggles I had picking this song this week. I told you it could have been one of 20 songs. I could have yeah, chosen. Kind of surprised you picked this one. Yeah, me too. But, but I was like, I have the most, I feel like I, this is going to be the opportunity with this song. And I really wanted to hit it. Cause yeah, I, you know, cause it's really well crafted. It's, it's one of his best songs ever. It's like, it's an amazing song. Yeah. I, Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I understand. I understand. I, I wouldn't debate you. I, I don't know if I agree with I that, mean, but I understand might, how you come back and conclude. This is definitely my top 10. It could crack the five. I probably won't, but it could. Like really? It's, it's that oh, close. No, it's not like that if we were, if we were, yeah, if we were 50 episodes in, this would definitely, this yeah. Would, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's pretty close. This is like, I give it a song just on the merits alone, like a, like a B plus, but, uh, but I understand how someone could say, I love this song. Yeah. It's, and I, I'd be like, oh, I, I get it. It's just not hundred percent for me, yeah. but I understand how someone can come to that conclusion. Um, but yeah, but yeah, like that synth line is like so amazing. I might, I honestly, I, I really can't get, I can't get past some of some of the stuff. So it does, I, get it. I can never really just like tap my toe and just enjoy the music and just like have fun. Like listen to the car, sing along and be like fun with it and free with it. I just, I, 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 I can't. It's like the, the other thing too, is I do have that total connection. Like that, that's a part of it too. Like there's an extra level, level of love. Cause I know it's these guys. Sure. That synth guy playing those lines for michael jackson and i'm like like that's so badass you then, you loving this song is so on point. i fucking this yeah, but is no, a, but, that, but that's central casting though like you, this yeah i know like of course you love this song. of course this and is, i don't like this song a lot too but like, of course you love this song. and here's steve such a good song <laughs> It's a good song. It's a good song. I like it. See, I can just enjoy this song. And there's no, yeah, there's, there's no, no hurdles. If this comes to the radio, I'm turned up. I think it's a really cheesy, corny song, much like Macarada's oh, a cheesy, corny oh person. God, oh God, but oh but no, but all kidding aside, you can, but you can turn it up. You can roll oh, yeah, those down. That. You're Dude, having fun. That I, we're gonna, we will get to, we'll get to that and song that's sometime. Fun. That is maybe the best drum beat that's ever been played. That is a phenomenal, it is, that is such a, oh, that's an all-time pair for me. All right, we're going to get to it. But do you see, like, I what, see it. you know what I'm saying? Like I how, totally like, get it. Yep. You can just like, and you can just hear that and be like, oh, this is fun. This is fun. It's fun to go back and hear this song again, or, or it's fun just to hear this again. Right. Or hear it at all. 
uh, where the Michael Jackson stuff, it's like, I got to kind of climb over yeah. some stuff here to get there. I see it. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, I don't see, I don't see how I mean, we, I don't know, we can't I don't, avoid it. I don't know what to do. I, yeah. mean, I don't know. I think, <laughs> we have to do show, but I think, I mean, it's, it's okay. Frankly, it's easier with, uh, with R Kelly because I don't like his music. Fuck that guy. Exactly. And he's just got such a history of being a dick in public too. Like we have all this material. Of yeah. Him being, like such an asshole, plus all the other stuff. And, and plus, he actually cases. is incarcerated right now. He hasn't uh, been found guilty. He, you know, he's been charged. Uh, he's sitting in jail. Yeah, there's, it's a, it is easier. All of his songs have to do with seduction. Yeah, so it's like that's fucked up. Like yeah. Michael Jackson's songs. Well, some of them you could start to you know, it's a little questionable. Like they don't necessarily talking about like raping little boys. No, too too much. Just <laughs> I mean, you know, you have a song called Scream. And which is actually the song I kind of liked. It's not a bad song, but it's he's like up. screaming about being accused of raping a little boy. He's angry about yeah. because he has all these allegations about him. So it's yeah. like when you start to peel back the layers a little bit, it's like one layer. It it's is. like, oh, that's not great. Yeah. It's not fair, but I, to me, I feel like I got to talk about Michael Jackson. I, it's fine. And that's what everyone was talking about this time. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not knocking you for that, but, yeah. um, no, and I, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it anymore. I, I think we just have to be honest about it. So uh, okay. I guess this is a, this is a, a very well-crafted song. I did enjoy hearing it again. I don't know if I need to hear it ever again. Okay. Sounds good. I guess that's it for, uh, for Michael Jackson today. Okay. Personal stories. Um, anything you were, you were, I mean, not really. I just, I kind of know where I was. This is, pr- this is, uh, I'm turning five this month Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. about to, um, so I'm in like, I'm about to go into kindergarten, which was in Manchester at a Catholic, uh, a Catholic kindergarten in Manchester. I sort of remember it. I remember the pl- playground playground was like a parking lot. It was all fenced in. It was this big brick kind of tall building. And I remember, so I sort of remember that. I remember some interactions with, with like kids and teachers. And so we're living in Manchester at the time. This is the year before we moved to North Andover where I spend, you know, three years. And then I've got my first, second, third graders in North Andover before, actually living with my grandparents, my mom too, but my mom, my sister, and my grandparents in North Andover for two years before we live in our own house in North Andover. But I, I don't really, not a lot that I can say about this. Uh, <laughs> no, it's tough. Uh, yeah. So I thought about talking about uh, bagels uh, with mine. Um, so oh. I don't have a ton of, of uh, you know, not a lot of personal stories when I was three. Um, but one thing we used to always do living in Long Island was we would get bagels every Sunday. I, I say every Sunday. I'm sure this isn't true because I'm sure sometimes my dad had to go in and work a show. Sure. Uh, I don't remember, you know, but I remember every morning, it felt like every morning in my child mind that my dad would come home with a brown bag of bagels and it was great. I loved bagels then. Sure. I love bagels now. And the place we went to was in Deer Park and it was called Hot Bagels. Oh, of course it was. H-O-T exclamation point bagels. Hot bagels. And, uh, and it was great, man. Like you couldn't eat in there. Did the O have like a nice little flame above it? It was, it was in, like, it was like the, um, the hot was like written in like big font. Right. <laughs> and then around the hot was like little flames, like, like almost like a, uh, like a thought bubble or like a bubble, like from, you're going to speak. Yes. But without the actual arrow to speak, but it was just like, yeah. So like it was in flames. Yes. That sounds terrible, but not the worst sign I've ever seen. Have you ever seen the 900 degrees, uh, Why does sound terrible? place? No, um, that's in like Epping and oh, it has it's like a chain. A, it looks like it says goo. It's supposed to be 900 uh, degrees, like the worst sign I've ever seen in my entire life. But that sounds like a, it was, it was, it was so hot was in red yep. and then bagels was in blue. Well, hot bagels. Yeah, I get it. And uh, oh man, it was good. And uh, so you, you couldn't eat in there though. You just walk in, oh, you order your bagels. No seats, just like no seats. Out. There might've been like one like chair and table, but it was almost more for like waiting. Than yeah, yeah, sure. 
And then, uh, like, I never remember anyone, like, eating their bagels in there. And then they had a little freezer, or a little fridge, rather. You go and you get your cream cheese, mm. your Philadelphia cream cheese, and get that there. And then you go home, and uh, you eat the bagels. And, oh, my God, we loved them. I love them so much. You know, we'd have, sometimes we'd have, like, leftover ones. Um, you know, my dad would get whatever. Baker's yeah, doesn't yeah. come home. It was just the three of us before my sister was born, even. So you'd have, you know, you might, you know, I remember like it would be like a garlic bagel left. So I'd eat that like on a Monday, you know, whatever. But it was just a really good snack. I love bagels. So, um, fast forward to, I was moving to Hampshire. Food here sucks. I love living in Hampshire. It's great. But the food here is terrible. There's no good bagels. Um, there's a place in Manchester that's kind of okay, but that's a real reach. It's not, not good. Mm. And, uh, so I moved back to New York city in 2012. Right. Get bagels again, man. It was awesome. I used to go to a place in called Brooklyn Bagel uh, in, in Queens. They have, they have a few locations. Obviously, they have locations in Brooklyn as well. There's about uh, a dozen locations. I could be, could be off on that. But sure. uh, there were two in Astoria. So uh, I got to go to each one of those. Um, and the bagels are just better there. And I think a reason, a lot of people say the reason is because of the water, which I think is partly true. But the real reason New York bagels are better is because they boil them. They don't boil bagels here in, in New Hampshire. How do you make them? Oh, you bake them. I guess they bake them, yeah, yeah, like Dunkin' Donuts style. And it's like, uh, it's, it's just kind of toast. I see, I see, yeah. So okay. you're, you're supposed to really boil bagels. So um, it was great having having the bagels there. Uh, you know, every Sunday I, I would, it was just, you know, me and my ex-wife. So I would basically just kind of go and grab a daily news, get a bagel for each of us and come home. And it was kind of like that family tradition was back a little bit. I didn't get a whole dozen because I could just go up the next day and get sure, it. I want yeah. to get it, you know, but like, um, but still a nice little tradition. It right? was, you yeah. know, I got to have bagels every Sunday, every day. It was, it was a great way to kind of like, kind of, you know, begin the ending of the weekend there. And then, um, so, uh, I told Laura about, uh, move back to New Hampshire. Obviously you, yep. uh, when Laura and I were engaged before the pandemic, um, we went, so I guess two years ago now, Christ, we went to, uh, Long Island for, for the week. We went and stayed uh, and went to the beach a lot. I went to, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I talked about that in the show before. I went to um, uh, Robert Moses Beach and I got there. But I also brought it to the bagel place. Hot bagels. Hot bagels. <laughs> Still there? Does not exist anymore. Fuck. It was taken down and uh, actually the whole building, it was a very old school like strip mall. Yep. She had like a pizza place. She had hot bagels. She had like a dry cleaner. And they kind of, they raised that. And they also, there was a, a Wall Bombs. That was the name of the chain of the supermarket. Mm. Wall Bombs. Um, I've never heard of that. I've been in New York a bunch of times. In Long Island, they're big. They're big okay. deal. I eat King Cullen. You got wall bombs. Mm. You got them all there. And uh, they raised it. They raised it. And they built. They built like a new building. So they, now you have like a a new supermarket, and you have a much smaller like strip mall attached. But then one of them was a bagels. But it was actually uh, like a much bigger place. It was not hot bagels anymore. Uh, it was a different uh, person who was uh, a different different company, different company, whatever. But you have places to sit down now. Now yeah, it's more yeah, yeah. like a restaurant. You have like a buffet and everything. Breakfast buffet. So Laura and I got bagels there. Bagels still banging, popping, banging, baby. Wow. Best bagels I had. I still think it's the best place. Uh, best bagels I've ever had. I'm, I think the bagels in Long Island are better than the bang- bagels in Manhattan. I just like the pizza in I really Long think Island. This whole, you're a typical New Yorker with this shit. Like, Why? oh, bagels in New York are so good, man. I've never, I've met every single New Yorker I've met always talks about the fucking bagels well, maybe in New York. It's like, There's a reason for that. Like, yeah, but it's like, shut up about your fucking bagels. Well, you, cause you never had, you never had the, well, but where should I get a bagel? Well, that's what I'm saying. The bagels in Manhattan are good. Yeah. The bagels on Long Island and Jersey are better. I'd love to experience this, like, this fucking golden bagel from you sometimes. Laura loves it. Like, Laura, I mean, Laura's unbiased. I'm, and yeah, she was just like, she's like, this is the best bagel I've I trust life. myself more than Laura. Not oh, that I don't okay. trust Laura. I just, I'd like to. <laughs> but if every like New Yorker is telling you this, and even every, unbiased, but it's like, it's like your thing, though. It's like your stick. It's, it's like, I'm from New York and I like bagels. No, no shit, you Because do. it's that good. And, and it, when you can't, imagine there's a food. It's like your bagels and your pizza in New York. Pizza in New York is a lot better. Yeah, there we are. But it's fantastic. Let's talk about it some more. 
Well, it's really. But imagine if you no, had I'd a, love to try a it, food you really liked, yeah. and now you can't. You don't have access to it anymore. Yeah, that it's sucks. really frustrating. That does suck. Especially if you send me like the bagels or pizza. Like pizza was like every Friday night you get pizza, and like, know, every Sunday morning you get bagels. And now those two things are kind of like ripped from you in yeah. a way. And you can replicate it. You can't. There's no. There's not even a close proxim, uh, approximation. Like Boston food. I'm sorry. This is gonna piss people off. Boston food way overrated. I don't think Boston food's very good. Very, yeah. Really, that good for a city. It's fine, but it's not that great. And you know, New York is so it's so so good. I will say too, Long Island pizza better than Manhattan pizza. The pe- the food in this city, the pizza and bagels are good, but the Long Island and the um the Jersey side are better with it's that. It's gonna stuff. have to go sometime and try your bagels and try your pizza. And we'll it, see. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, in, it's okay. in Deer Park, New York. If you're ever in that area of, uh, in that neck of the woods, definitely get a bagel. I forget the place it's called, um, but it's, 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 right, it's, it's right near the wall bombs. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. You get to go to wall bombs? Deer Park Avenue, baby. That's what that main drag is called. Deer Park Avenue. Oh, man, is it good? Uh, man, those bagels are so good. Oh, I, oh man, I want, we might go. I might just say, fuck it. We might just go to Long Island this Can you just bring me some bagels back then? Will they still be good? No, I won't do that because uh, A, I don't want to. And then B, <laughs> B, it's not the same experience. You almost have to have it fresh. You do, yeah. But also, I just don't want to because you're just like t- t- trying to be like funny. Like, oh, all you New Yorkers are all this. Like, any, I'm not trying to be funny. Anytime someone says something like that, I'm like, it's oh, you're just every off. single time. Seriously, <laughs> every New Yorker I've ever met, it's like bagel, 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 pizza, Seinfeld. Bagel, 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 pizza, Seinfeld. Yes, no, over yeah. and over. It's like, get a new shtick. Let's go. It's fun doing a pop coach show with a hillbilly. This is a good time. That's the banjo. Hi, uh, yes, good. So this week? Yep. Those over all these years. Very first time out. How does it feel now without makeup appearing for the very first time? It feels good. It feels... Uh, kiss? Yeah, kiss goes. Fans. In fact, in a lot of the shows, we'd walk out into the crowd to sort of get a feel of what everybody was feeling like. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, most often yeah kiss goes uh, without makeup for the first time on national TV. It's a really funny clip. I'm going to tweet it out because... They do this thing where they they show a picture of each one of them masked, and you know as the guy's announcing him, and then it is like a second pause, and it turns it you know uh, to a picture of them with nothing on their face, with no makeup on their yeah. face. It's just so cheesy and weird. My dad did a Kiss show. Uh, oh, really? For the music hall before they were on mask, and he saw them without their makeup. And I guess he went home. It was like they're like regular guys. Like, yeah, it's of not, not that like there's like no. there's nothing like he's no. like you, you would not recognize it. Like you would not think twice if you pass them on the street. They're like. The most normal, regular guys. Yeah, look really. And it, they pretty did, much. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was a funny thing. So that happened uh, this week. Kiss goes unmakeuped. Um, second thing is running back Franco Harris becomes only the third running back ever to eclipse eleven thousand yards. He, um, I think he busts out like one hundred and ten yards in this game as a Steelers. He was playing for the Steelers. One hundred eighteen yards. Wow. Steelers over the Packers. Too. What? What's that? Steelers over the Packers. Oh yeah, it was. I'm thinking it's like very right near the end for Franco. Too. Yeah, it's a big game for him. Right. Um, Albert Rizzo of Malta, get this, broke his grandfather, uh, Turu's record of treading water. 108 hours, dude. That's what people were talking about in 1983. Treading water. How do I fucking find? What is, I, don't I don't know. Have, I don't, I don't have, know. What do you want from me? <laughs> Better headlines? This guy treading water the for a while. The first Maltese to be in the Guinness Book of, of World Record. It's a big news. That's... This, if this was a Maltese pop culture show, you would be absolutely right. It'd be you know, huge else news. Was big news. <laughs> Something that's not. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger this week becomes a U.S. citizen. Oh, all right. Yep, the governor. G- good. Is that what you got? No, I got other stuff. Oh, you good. Oh, yeah, keep going. Yeah. The last one I have is uh, George Megan completes a nineteen thousand mile walk over the Western Hemisphere. It took him two thousand four hundred and twenty six days, and he said, "Fuck it, I'm done." This week, 
Did he finish or did he just quit? He just said, I'm done. I have walked, I've walked 19,000 miles, motherfucker. Isn't that enough? That's weird, huh? Do you think he should have just kept going? I wonder if that's like a Forrest Gump. Like, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. That. Is, it was that. Yeah. I was like, I, you know, I'm tired of I'm this. I'm tired of swimming, yeah. I think um, walking is very meditative. meditative. Uh, have you ever gone on any like really long walks, like 10, 15, 20 miles or something? Before? I live in New York. Yeah, I walked, for, I walked a little bit. Yes, I have. Whatever, you subway. I have, yes, I have walked. Oh, I have walked 10 miles before, yes. Whatever. <laughs> but it's meditative, right? It is, it's different, it in, the, no, it's different I, in the city. I love to walk. Yeah. I know. I, I, I've walked. I've also you know, hiked and stuff. But yes, I, I, do, I do love to walk. Um, I'm not challenging like your walking prowess. I was just no, wondering if you've gone you on like big walks before. I have, yes, I have. Matt, Matt thinks like Matt goes. I these, don't. Matt goes in these walks in the woods every day, and he seems to think it is like some sort of like hidden secret of walking that <laughs> no one else has discovered yet. Well, I'm, I would consider what I'm doing hiking every day, but uh, sure, it's off. It's sure. off trail. It's on trail. I mean, but uh, but there's something very meditative about it. I could definitely see I, I a situation where, like, say, like my whole life just kind of like broke apart whatever yes and i was maybe i was all alone or whatever yeah. i could see myself just like taking off and doing something crazy like walking for a long oh, time just like go just just go yeah i mean i could see that yeah it's just like meditative and just gets you into a like a rhythm and um and it's a like there's a bit of an accomplishment there because you're going somewhere yeah. you're doing something so yeah i used to i used to actually like walking in new york now like i remember like uh, especially sunday night it's pretty quiet yeah and i would just like walk the entire length of like a street in Manhattan, like, you know, I'd go yeah. to east to west just to see how that would go. Or sometimes I would even go like north. Maybe I'd start at Central Park. I wouldn't necessarily start all the way, uh, you know, Washington Heights, but I'd start, let's say, in Central Park and then like walk all the way down. Like, all right, what is, what is, you know, yeah, what is Seventh Avenue all about? It's like, let's walk the whole fucking thing. Let's walk all of Broadway. Let's walk all of these, these streets. And it was fun. Yeah. It was a fun way to kind of explore the city. And I, I do, I really do enjoy walking quite a bit. So it's, it's fun. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. Um, I would actually do that in Berkeley too, going from uh, Berkeley to Oakland. You can take Telegraph Street because all the streets like go between yeah. the two cities. They're right next to each other. It just one blends into another. So you could do that. Oh, I want to walk Telegraph today and just go. Yeah, it's, there's something. And in the city, particularly if you're like, I, you know, if you've got like headphones on and listening to music yeah. and fucking bopping down the, down the road in yep. a nice sunny day. Yeah, it's something really nice about that. Um, yeah, I like walking. So this guy. That's it. Good. Uh, we are back next week. Next week, we have kind of an interesting week. Um, we're going to be going to 1998, I believe. Is it eight? Is it that late? 798, I forget. I'm sorry. We're going to be covering, um, might be 97. Uh, anyway, here's what we're covering. We're covering Jerry Maguire. So the next show you hear is going to be Jerry Maguire. Right. Next free show you hear. The Patreon show for that week is going to be People vs. Larry Flint. Yep. But then we're also doing a, a Patreon giveaway. So not, so a week from when you hear this. Uh, we are going to be doing a movie watch along again. Saturday night. That's yes. what it is, right? Yep. Um, so uh, a, a week from uh, this Saturday, uh, we'll be doing a movie watch along with Beverly Hills Ninja. We are going to do that. Okay. Which is, uh, I don't think I've ever seen Chris it. Farley's uh, last film. Um, it's a pretty, by all accounts, it's a pretty terrible movie. I've not seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's the movie that supposedly drove Chris Farley to death. Uh, if you read that biography, uh, the Chris Farley show, it's like an oral history. It's quite good. Uh, and uh, a lot of his family thinks like some of the the bad reviews of that movie kind of like drove him to the <laughs> end. So it could be an interesting, odd watch. Uh, so it's on Netflix. So um, uh, we're going to be doing that a week from uh, today. Yeah, uh, for, for, for our patrons, who will, uh, for our patrons. That. Right. right. So if you're uh, free show only, uh, thanks for listening. You're going to be hearing uh, a week from now. You'll be hearing Jerry Maguire. That's a pretty big movie. If you're a Patreon tomorrow, you'll hear Mr. Mom, Mr. Mom and Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics. Oh, that's a pretty big show. I think so. Yeah. And then, um, and Mr. Mom is on, 
uh, it's on a free stream service. I forget which one, but I think oh, it's really? very available right now. Yeah, oh, cool. check it out. Yeah, oh, cool. And then um, check out uh, and then uh, the following week you're going to be getting um, People vs. Sally Flint, which is a Milos Foreman film, I'm very passionate about. And yep. then. Oh, we're doing that movie watch along uh, with Beverly Hills Ninja. So a lot, a lot of, of content. Stuff yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, so either see you in a week or see you tomorrow. Bye.